going to take just a moment and go back. You know, we've been studying through John over the last couple of weeks. So we've been looking at the coming of Christ, not necessarily looking at the manger, but looking at the way John talks about God coming in the flesh. And this morning, I want to look at this one thing that we get from Luke in Luke 2, verses 10 and 11. The angel comes and she makes this announcement to the shepherds. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. What wonderful news a Savior has been born. Of all of the ways that the angels could have introduced Jesus, he introduces her as a Savior. A number of other words uh, could have been used in the place of Savior, if you stop to think about it. The angel could have introduced him this way. Today in the town of David, a king has been born. For he was king of kings, yes? Besides, that's really what the people were wanting. They were all wanting a king. They were tired of the Roman oppression of Caesar's rule. And they wanted um, a Messiah, God's chosen, to come and establish an earthly kingdom to solve all the problems that they were facing in the here and now. And I think sometimes that's really what we want from Jesus. We may recognize our need for a savior, but what we really want is a matchmaker because we're tired of being alone or what we really want is a, is a career counselor. We'd like to get ahead. Or what we'd really want is, is a financial advisor because we're tired of being broke. Yet God gave us what we really needed. He gave us a Savior. The angel could have introduced Jesus this way. Today in the town of David... The prince of peace has been born because he is that too, you know? Yeah, he brings peace. And it seems like we could use some of that, amen? The Jews certainly could, being a conquered people, living under the oppression of Rome, not even free in their own land. Today, it appears that we might be losing some of our freedoms. There seems to be some unrest at every turn, and it doesn't go unnoticed. The fear mongers are all over TV and radio and YouTube and wherever you get your news. Even commercials seem to be geared to keep us upset about everything from aging health to driving a 10-year-old car. Do you know what I mean? 
And what you and I can really use is a sense of peace. But God gave us what we needed most. He gave us a Savior. The angel could have introduced Jesus this way. Today in the town of David, a miracle worker has been born. Because he did some great things that nobody else has ever done. He did miraculous things. I mean, who else has ever straightened a withered limb? Or made the lame to walk and the blind to see? Who turned funeral processions into family reunions? In fact, in every town where Jesus went, there would be people who would see him as nothing more than a magic show. What they really wanted was somebody to grant their every wish, a genie in a bottle. Over in Matthew 9, we we read this story about this crippled man who was brought by his friends to Jesus for healing. And what is it that Jesus tells him? He says, your sins are forgiven. Now we know later Jesus would say, get up and walk. But have you ever wondered how the man felt between the time that his sins were forgiven and he was physically healed? Was he disappointed? Perhaps a little, a little frustrated? Great, my sins are forgiven, but what I really want here is, is to walk. Sometimes I think we're a little bit like that as well. Great, Lord, thanks for the forgiveness, but I could really use a raise. Thank you for the forgiveness, but what I really want is for this disease to go away. I want to lose this this cane. Thanks for the forgiveness, but what I'd really like is a spouse or what I really want is is a child. And can you throw in a flat screen and an iPad and a Lexus in with it? We want God to come in and kind of sort of fix our mess, don't we? Fix our temporary problems. But friend, he wants so much more for us than that. Because you see, our greatest need is for forgiveness. So God sent a Savior. Isaiah 1.18 describes God's gift this way. He says, though our sins are as scarlet, scarlet, they will be made as white as snow. There is no greater gift than that, to know that our sins are forgiven and that our stains can be removed. 
you do have a stain, don't you? All of us in this room have our stains. We do our best to justify that stain or we try to make ourselves feel better by comparing the size of our stain to the size of and color of somebody else's stain so that, you know, our stain seems to be, you know, less significant to us. But we all have stains. We all have sin. Romans 3.23, Paul tells us, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Yes? We have all fallen below the standard that he has set for us. In fact, most of the Old Testament was written so that we would see the stains in our lives and we would recognize our need for a Savior. It's the whole purpose of those Ten Commandments. It's the whole purpose of the law that we read about in the Old Testament in Leviticus, Deuteronomy. It wasn't given to perfect us. The law was given to prepare us for a Savior, to show us our need for forgiveness and for grace. Just a couple of verses before Romans 3.23, that verse that we're so familiar with, Paul writes this, and I like the way Eugene Peterson puts it in the message. Paul writes, it is the straight edge of the law that shows us just how crooked we are. And when you stop to think about it, not even Jesus' bloodline was devoid of sin. We get, in Matthew, we get this this list of his genealogy, right? Let's start with Abraham, a man of great faith, who was also a liar. And I mean, he told some really big doozies. And the Bible doesn't skip over there. Isaac, like his dad, even offered up his wife to a foreign king just as Abraham had done with Sarah. And Jacob, Isaac's son, he was a swindler and a cheat. He lied to his father and he ripped off his brother. Judah. Judah's propensity for prostitutes gave Tamar the opportunity to commit incest with him. And Rahab's in that list. You remember Rahab? Rahab was a prostitute. You go further down, you got King David and Bathsheba. And then you get to Solomon. We call Solomon the wisest man who ever lived, right? Yeah. He was so wise that he wandered away from God in his old age, following after the idols that many of his wives brought into his palace. 
So you think about it. Lying, cheating, promiscuity, drunkenness. The same things that Jesus' ancestors are guilty of, I would bet someone in this room is guilty of at least one of those sins as well. You know why? Because we have stained lives. And we all need a Savior. Many people grow up thinking that God is a lot like Santa Claus. They both have these naughty and nice lists, right? Right? They both see you when you're sleeping. They both see you when you're awake. They know if you've been bad or good. It is true that God does know everything about your life, that nothing is hidden from him. And he knows your thoughts and your deeds and your stains. And it's actually true that he does have a list of people a record of who will spend eternity with him. John talks about it. What's he call it? He calls it the Lamb's Book of of Life. But what's really hard for us to understand about God's list is that getting on that list has nothing to do with being naughty or nice. It doesn't matter how good we are because we can't earn it. Our stains are too big. In fact, there's only one thing that our actions do earn. Romans 6.23, you guys know this. For the wages of sin is what? Is death, right? We cannot change the fact that we need a Savior. And God decided to send us A gift wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. He became flesh. Oh yeah, you know the rest of this too, right? For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so, the angel said, Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born. Because of this, Isaiah can say, Though our sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Even had somebody mention it to me this morning already. They're already pining for the fact we're not going to have a white Christmas this year. Now, some of y'all who grew up here are probably enjoying the fact. (laughs) But you think about that snow when it falls. It makes everything look new, white. There's this sense of something pure about it and friend only the blood of Christ can take our scarlet 
stain and make it white as snow. When we repent of our sins, when we surrender our life over to Jesus and we accept him as Savior and Lord and are washed in his blood through Christian baptism, he makes us whiter than snow. And you need to know today, no matter what you've done, no matter how significant your stains, it's not too late. God gave us what we need most. He gave us a Savior. Father God, we thank you for the joy of the season. For we know that your love knows no bounds. And Father, we know you will never force anyone to, to accept you. That in your love you give us the ability to make our own choices. And we are so glad that you came in the form of Jesus of Nazareth so that we have the ability to choose you. Over these next few moments, Father, we pray that your spirit will move among us. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.